0: you're listening to the Bitcoin.com podcast. Our guest today is Scott Milker, aka the Wolf of All Streets. This episode is brought to you by Manscaped. I want you to take a second and look down. When was the last time you shaved your junk? It's been a while. Don't lie. Let's take a second to thank our sponsor, Manscaped, for holding you accountable to get rid of the funk and shave your junk. Not only am I the host of the Bitcoin.com podcast, I'm also a proud owner of the Perfect Package 3.0. From the hair below my waist to the hair on my back, this lawnmower keeps me at my best. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code BCH or XRP at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. And make sure to use BCH or XRP. Your partner, your body, and even your balls will thank you. I'm your host, Dustin Planthold. Join us as we dive into the world of economics, politics, tech, Bitcoin, and cryptocurrency. For even more crypto-related news, sign up at news.bitcoin.com or follow us on Twitter at Bitcoin.com. Now let's bring on our guest, Wolf of Wall Street. Welcome to the Bitcoin.com podcast.
1: Thanks,
0: man. How are you? I've been well. Now, Scott, you have such a unique role in the world of cryptocurrency because you are giving people like me all around the world guidance and advice but who taught you
1: uh, i sort of you know uh, backed into it as a trader i was trading other things and there was this mythical land of 100x uh gains and returns in a matter of uh, hours and so you know I, I came in for the trading and then slowly got much more interested in the actual technology and uh, use case and the, the maximalism so to speak so i think you know the fact that i was passionate about it and learned about it all on my own, uh, allows
0: me to sort of speak that language to other people who are beginning. Yeah. I mean, you have this unique way. Now, this is my language of dumbing it down for somebody like me to, to truly comprehend it. And, and so talk to us for those people out there that are new to, to the space, they obviously know the name Bitcoin and they already have certain preconceived notions, but what is a Bitcoin?
1: Well, I mean, at the lowest level, it's, you know, it's a protocol. It's a it's a, people have various uh, definitions of what it means to them, uh, whether it's digital money or a store of value. But basically, you know, it's uh, censorship proof uh, protection from government, from hyperinflation and a way to bank yourself and not have to depend on a, on a third party uh, to hold your money.
0: That's a great way of kind of explaining it. And so right now in the world of cryptocurrency, there's lots of bad actors. I mean, many people that come in, you know, they hear the bad stories. They they don't really ever get to see the good. And yet the good to me is that it is a new asset class for people that want to get into something new.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, uh, you know, I think maybe because we're deeply involved in the space, we hear more about bad actors. I don't know that, um, you know, that's the overwhelming sentiment. I think a you know, maybe I'm a positive person, but I think that in general, there's a lot of positivity and a lot of uh, people who are really excited about the things that are happening in, in the space. And, you know, I think... Uh, with any crowd, you know, the, the, the bad ones scream the loudest and they're the ones who hear, but uh, probably 99% of the people are good actors and are genuine, genuinely passionate about what they're doing and about the space in
0: general. So now how do you learn who to follow? So we pulled you up online b- beforehand to look at the bio that you have 99,100 followers just on Twitter alone. You follow 1,049 people, which means you follow literally 1% of all the people that follow you. How do you decide, because I'm on that list and I'm patting myself on the back, how do you decide who to follow?
1: You know, I've been on Twitter since uh, before Bitcoin existed. Um, you know, my music career was sort of how I initially built my Twitter account. So probably the first seven to 800 people that I'm following, and that's trimmed down for, for more, are, are people from my quote-unquote former life and my, my former career uh friends and family and djs and, and stuff like that so it's a pretty uh, tight list uh of people that i actually follow in this space and engage with i think you know as it goes either you meet someone in person or you have some interaction and you're interested in it and you decide that that person i guess is worth following but also you know the same people start to sort of appear in the timeline you realize that they're trusted by people that you trust and it's sort of this uh you know, six degrees of Kevin Bacon thing where you connect with everybody in the industry and then you yeah. can start to sort out, you know, if if somebody that I trust and know personally is following this person and doesn't think that they're a scammer, then that then I take that as gospel.
0: Yeah. I mean, and that's the challenge, you know, when somebody that's been in the space for a while or that's new to it and is trying to figure out who do I follow so they'll follow everybody, I have this opinion, I'm sure you have it as well, that whoever you follow you are going to inherit their story, whatever their story is of the moment of the day, their thoughts, that why wouldn't you want to explore who you're following? These people that you want to have in front of you that may be indoctrinating you or maybe opening your eyes to something like the aha moment. That has this been something always been part of your life that that you will look at something and want to dig deeper on it? That that to me kind of tells me the way that you operate as a thinker.
1: Yeah, I mean I think that in general, it's essential that you formulate your own your own opinions. You know, it's sort of a meme in this space to say, "Do your own research, don't follow trades, things like that." But I think that you can't really approach any social media platform or any community without first uh, understanding what you're doing, uh, having kind of formulated your own opinion, so that you're not, um, you know, influenced by the echo chamber or easily influenced by those bad actors. I don't think that generally happens. I think, unfortunately, that most people uh, in this space, certainly on Twitter, are, you know, get rich quick uh, mentality and and are looking to, you know, buy something and sell it for a whole lot more the next day. And those are the ones who are easily influenced by those few people that are, you know, pumping and dumping and doing these other things. But I think that if you, you know, have the ability to think for yourself, know how to look at something through a skeptical lens, then uh, it becomes much clearer, you know, what, what is uh, good and,
0: and bad No, Now, that, that's a great way of kind of putting it. And and while you are not a financial advisor, at least I don't think you are, I refer to no. you as my, I call you my common sense advisor. Uh, I follow your newsletter religiously. And the way that you're able to, to bring things down to a level that even somebody that's been in the space for a couple of years that you keep reminding people like me, don't go all in. Don't FOMO in, don't, don't buy when everybody else had already pump something up throughout the, di- throughout the day and also to set realistic expectations. Talk about that, Scott.
1: Yeah. I mean, everything boils down to a few points as you just touched on. Certainly if you're a trader, definitely if you want to be a part of this space, there are, you know, universal lessons, especially when it comes to how you spend your money, Uh, and invest your money that are very obvious, and you just listed a whole bunch of them. But really, it comes down to uh, an understanding that, um, you know, you're playing with real money, and that there's real risk, and there's going to be real consequences if you make bad decisions, and to respect your money and take those decisions very seriously. And even more importantly, you have to take ownership and responsibility for those decisions. No matter who you follow or who tells you buy this, buy that, you're the one who pushes that button. Uh, And at the end of the day, you know, you have to actually have an education and understand what you're doing to be able to have that accountability and do it for yourself. But like you said, I mean, I think that uh, it's important to have people in the space who can speak to, you know, people at every single level. And uh, I just try to drill those same obvious points home in, in creative ways. And, you know, just my personality, as I kind of touched on earlier, I mean, I'm very skeptical. I'm someone who, I'm not the type to, you know, uh, post an article when I only read the headline. I like to actually dig in and think about things. And so, you know, hopefully that translates when when I formulate my thoughts and share them with other people.
0: Yeah. And that to me is what I enjoy most, is that while you say, this is my opinion, I usually walk away after reading your crypto newsletter and say, I agree because you have this way of explaining it in a way that makes me at times where I might start off with, I don't agree to go, well, that makes sense. Like I shouldn't leverage five, 10, 20, a hundred times if I were, if I were to trade now, I don't call myself a trader, but there are people out there online that the people that are more advanced in cryptocurrency where they're looking to do these bigger trades. I mean, how dangerous is doing these different leverage platforms, Scott?
1: Well, there's a few risks, right? Leverage isn't inherently dangerous if you have a risk management strategy, right? If you're using 100x leverage uh, uh, versus 10x leverage or a normal spot trade, it really depends on where your stop loss is and how much money you're risking. So if you understand how to use leverage, it can actually be a very positive tool. Uh, It can eliminate counterparty risk, as you just touched on. You wouldn't want all of your life savings sitting on mid right? Because what if BitMEX goes down? What if uh, some sort of order that you didn't make triggers? I mean, these things happen. So by using leverage, you know, if you're a 10x leverage trader, you can have 10 times less money sitting on the exchange and 90% of your funds sitting in a hardware wallet. So that part of it is valuable. But more importantly, it's just a complicated instrument that is not for beginners. There's no need for it. You don't need it. What it does is generally encourage people to trade above their stack that yeah, magically I can turn my $10 into a hundred dollars into a thousand dollars. Right. If I use a hundred X leverage, my uh, $10 is now a thousand bucks. Awesome. Well, it's not really, you know? Uh-huh. Um, and so uh, it compounds people's losses much faster than it compounds. Their games, yeah. It's probably the simplest way to put it. But again, there, you know, Leverages for advanced traders are complicated instruments. Uh, you have to understand what you're trading if you're going to put your money into it. Yeah, so they, they but should, I think it's a generally an avoid.
0: Yeah, no that that makes perfect sense. And and to the new people when they're coming in, they they usually first go straight to YouTube. Or at least I only talk about my own story. And I, I would put They've in, uh, yeah, I put in and and man, some of those videos. I mean, Wolf, they're they're fantastic. I can literally make a thousand times my money by buying said coin if I just buy that coin it's gonna just skyrocket it's gonna what the crypto committee calls moon I mean talk to me about expectations because I got really burned in the early days
1: uh, I, I had my bad experiences as well and I think it's important like to to be honest and say listen I'm home all of my knowledge and all the lessons I'm trying to teach it because I made the same mistakes Rather, people not have to make the same mistake themselves, although most people usually, unfortunately, need to feel the pain to understand, uh, understand and learn, which is, is sad, but it's, it's human nature. Um, so I've made all those mistakes in, in the past. But I, I think, you know, I have the benefit of coming from trading and investing in stocks for, for a very long time where if you made 10% a year, you were super psyched, right?
0: Yeah. yeah great year, And
1: then over here, if you haven't made ten percent within an hour of buying your people are disappointed in crypto. And I think yeah. it's just um it's not realistic. It's you know, you see these Robin Hood traders doing it in the stock market following Dave Portnoy and it's kind of the same phenomenon now. You know, they they walk into this bull market, everybody thinks they're a genius and in the end you lose it all and, and more. Um, so I think it's very important to say, listen, I'm super psyched if I don't lose money on this trade, forget even how much you make. Like I'm really, really happy if I execute a plan and, and, um, I I don't lose. That's where you should
0: start. That's, that's, that's great perspective. So many times somebody look at, they look at something and they go, I, I didn't get a a 30% increase or, or I, I got a 1% (laughs) loss or a 4% increase. I mean, expectations seem to be at least what you're able to do is make it realistic to say that there are times you win, there are times you lose, but don't be disappointed if you walk away whole.
1: Right. Well, I, and, and it's even more important to understand that the what defines good or bad in trading is not the result. It's the process. So if you have a fixed plan and you take an entry that fits into the way that you have planned a trade and you stop out of that trade, it's a good trade. You lost money, but it's a good trade because you had a system in place and you exited the trade when your idea was invalidated. If you make a ton of money and hit your target and it was on your plan, that's a good trade. A bad trade is when you move your stop loss after because you think, oh no, it was a bad plan, maybe it's going to go up right after I stop out. That's a bad trade, even if it does end up going up and you make money. It's also a bad trade if you have absolutely no plan and happen to do a 10x because you bought something that's farm animal on twitter told you to buy you didn't set a stop loss yeah that's a bad trade and what is a a stop
0: loss because there are many people even in crypto that don't understand what is this stop loss and what again while you are not a financial advisor i call you my my crypto common sense crypto advisor what is a stop loss
1: well a stop loss is a sell order that you set in advance you can take it at any time but theoretically when you take the trade which is that you're going to sell at When you've lost a fixed amount it can be a percentage base it can be based on a level you draw on a chart it can just be like hey i don't want to lose more than x amount of money so i put my stop loss in this place so it's an order that says to sell when you've lost a certain amount that's the basic um and at the end of the day what you really want to use it for is that if you are trading with charts or or a technical analyst that it's at the most reasonable place for you to lose a small amount of your portfolio where your trade idea is invalid so if you know you said listen if it goes below this line i don't want anything to do with it like it's below this certain price you put your stop loss there like i said if you stop out there that's actually a good trade This happens your plan and your idea is dead. and now you're just uh floating on hope if you continue to go with
0: it. right and and so another thing that i really appreciate you about you scott is that you have your own show. You bring on some super smart people around the world, which tells me that you want to keep learning, that you don't just have this idea of I know everything and, and that you really crave education. It seems that this space, you know, cryptocurrency, blockchain, digital assets, whatever you want to call it, this space, that it seems to offer unlimited knowledge.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I always joke, uh, the old saying, if you're the smartest person in the room then you're standing in the wrong room, um, and I've always believed that and I've always seeked out people smarter than me or, or people who understand something better than I do to, to sort of increase my knowledge and, and my awareness. And so definitely the best part about having my own show and the podcast is that I can call people who would probably never give me the time of day otherwise.
0: <laughs> that's is that all I and, have? Is that why you yep. give me the time of day? Because i got a <laughs> podcast. Like that's such... Hey, I invited you online. That's so, right. Um, really, so, um, <laughs> you know but, I love you, man. You
1: know, yeah, of course. But I, I really think, you know, like I can call someone and say, wow, man, I did a little research. What they're doing is awesome. And that person will sit and have an hour long conversation with me
0: and basically just teach me what they're doing. Isn't that fun? I mean, think about yeah, the education amazing. that you get for free that someone's going to tell you, look, I look at my crystal ball and, and here's what for my lens. Here's what I see. Here's where I, I think this space is headed. And what I love about you, Scott, is that you truly are a role model for so many of us in that you are a dad, you're, you're a great husband, you, you are so into your family, and yet you still find this balance. You know, Many times, those of us that go all in, you don't have to go all in financially, but you can go all in emotionally, mentally, and give all of your time to, to Twitter or social media that, that you have maintained a balance. How do you do that? Because again, you're talking to me right now. I need advice. Uh, how do I find a balance?
1: You know, I think uh, I can't remember the exact quote, but Jeff Bezos said something to the effect of not liking the term work-life balance because it implies that you have to choose one over the other at any given time. And then he preferred the term, I believe it was uh, uh, work-life harmony, something to that effect. Um, You know, I think that's because of the nature of what... I do. I'm very flexible in my scheduling. Obviously, if I have to do a podcast at a certain time, I have to, but I've crafted life, and I did it in music before, and it's just sort of always been my priority that when I need free time, I'm allowed to take it, um, you know, and if I have to work in the middle of the night so that I can do something with my kids the next day, then that gets fine with me, so I'm extremely flexible. Um, I don't know. I've just always been, you know, I'm an ADHD case. I'm oh, kind of,
0: man. Always scattered, I, I, scattered
1: as a kid. I, but I I, turned absolutely. Into a super, you know, but when you get older and you learn to control it, you really can be extremely productive and do a lot of things at once and do them well. Uh-huh. Um, so I think that that's a part of it. But also, I think uh, a huge part of that, uh, like I said, I've always sort of forged my own path and done things I was passionate about. And when you're passionate about the things you're doing, like, you're just psyched to do all of it. You're in a good mental place. You're in a positive place, and everything sort of, you know, goes well from there.
0: Well, that, that's that's fascinating because where I have a role model like you to follow, because I really love the, the world of cryptocurrency, you had a different group of role models to, to follow, and that the next generation that, that comes out will come out because, well, people like you were telling some great stories of here's what not to do, and, and here's what I learned the hard way, you know. In my early days of getting into crypto, I made a lot of very bad, stupid decisions, and that and that was watching a video that's going to tell me, "Hey, look, our price prediction, which we're just making up because it makes us feel warm and fuzzy, is that this coin is the coin to rule them all." So, talk all right. to me about being. There's a term a lot of people use, a maxi. That you are not a maxi. You don't have a mentality. There is one to rule them all. Yet you still are a fan of Bitcoin.
1: Yeah, I don't think you need to like be mentally all in on anything, right? Um, And that Bitcoin maximalism reminds me of the tribalism, sports team, religion, nationalism, you choose it, right? I've just never been this type of person. Like I said, I'm a skeptic to be all in on anything. I absolutely love The idea of Bitcoin, you know, uh, I love a hedge against hyperinflation against bad actors, something that, you know, is easy to transact with without the third party, being able to, you know, it's borderless. If you're walking across the border as a refugee that can't steal your private keys from your brain, right? I mean, the use cases are incredible, but I also don't want to necessarily live in a world where the U.S. dollar has failed and I need to live on my Bitcoin. So it's, you know. It's kind of a bit of a catch-22 where you've gone full Mad Max when that plays now, out, and that's not necessarily the world I want to raise my children in that's, either. So I think it's reasonable, yeah, so it reasonable to like for everything to have its place and to be okay with that. <laughs> um, you know, it doesn't have to be one wing to rule the all. you know, as you kind of alluded to. I think that... Um, <laughs> You know, uh, I, I would like to live in a world where um, everybody is doing well with whatever thing their passion is yeah. about and pursuit. It doesn't have to be mine
0: that wins. Well well, well said. To me, I, I look at the, the world very, and that's why you and I, we always connect really well, is that I want everybody to succeed. Like, I want people to do well in their lives I want good people to shine, and I want bad people to not be around so that the next generation learns from them. Like to me, that if we can leave beyond leave behind a legacy of one that the next generation, our kids and their kids, then that is something that, to me, would be quite beautiful, which really then leads into the question that most people outside of crypto, they they hear a lot of bad stuff. they they do. They hear occasionally now coming from the united states, and and I am a supporter. I love. It doesn't matter who the president, like I support my president, but there is a lot of negativity around specifically Bitcoin. And, and yet you do not sound like an anarchist. You do not sound like somebody that is anti-government that wants to take down a currency. So how do you find that balance? When you see, I see the opportunity in Bitcoin. I think it's amazing or in cryptocurrency in the way that it's scalable in the way that it brings transparency to a system. And yet you are not like what most people assume People in crypto are.
1: Yeah, I guess uh, it's again sort of about that harmony and balance um, that we were talking about before. I just, uh, you know, uh, I think if everything bad that happens will we'll pass and it'll get better, and that's how the world is sort of. Always Isn't, that and Isn't that how we
0: learn? Isn't that how we learn, Scott? How
1: we learn, and uh, you know, like um, the things I'm passionate about. Passionate about, I think, you know social change and things that are important to me. I think that those things are on a generally on a continuum that generally trends in the right direction.
0: Well, so even absolutely.
1: Even if you don't agree with your politicians at the time, you can still understand that, you know, there's bumps in the road. You can look at any, uh, any chart of any asset that's gone up over time and see where it had these horrible moments, you know, sure. <laughs> the great depression, the great depression is a blip on a Dow Jones chart. If you zoom out all the way and I feel that way about, you know, Certain politicians and, and, and moments in history when yeah. unfortunate things happen. I really think that the world always trends in the right direction, and you know, hopefully, uh, your timing is good where you don't spend too much time when it's trending down. You know, yeah, that's it's a really a great a, perspective. And I think about that a lot right now. Yeah. With regard to COVID, of course, not because of me and my kids, because I know that there will be a time when, you know, my kids are one and five. My five year old just sucks, but when she's 10, hopefully it'll be an afterthought, and my one year old probably will never know what happened, right? But my parents, you know, my dad's about to have his 75th birthday. He's, you know, suppressed, and he's stuck in his house for an indefinite amount of time. And so if you had that timing and you're a baby boomer and this is happening when you were supposed to be in, you know, sort of, this amazing time when you your your finances are settled, you have free time to do things, you can spend time with your grandchildren and all of a sudden you can't. I think that's really like an unfortunate and and, and and terrible thing. So a lot of it has to do with timing, but you know, over time I think things do always improve.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. And it also has a like there's a mentality, and I challenge every listener out there that is in a position. To actually make this space better to find solutions to the problems because if you look over many many decades there were groups of people around the world that that knew how to uh, create fake currency they had printing machines and they have experts around the world that then the next group of people said all right we're going to figure out the solution so they can't keep doing this that become part of the solution not part of the problem
1: Right, and I think that it's interesting because, you know, certainly with proof of stake and a lot of different things about uh, cryptocurrency really do solve that because, um, you know, these networks are built in a manner where it really does behoove people to act in the interest of the network, right? Even your own self-interest lines up with being a good actor if you're a node or a validator or whatever. If you act badly, you lose the money that you're staking. So on a very personal level, you're encouraged to act well, and that helps the network who acts well. So it's this incredible experiment where the self-interest actually lines up with the interest of uh, the group as a whole. And I think that that's one of the most interesting value propositions of crypto in general. And I think that's something you just don't see anywhere else. It really does not encourage bad acting. If you act badly, you will end up losing money. It's a very selfish thing, but uh, it's very hard to take advantage of.
0: Yeah, well said. So, Scott, how do we find the wolf? How do we find you?
1: I'm at Scott Melker, S C O T T M E L K E R on Twitter, and so basically you can find everything you need to know about every part of my life <laughs> <laughs> on my Twitter account, because a, over the, I'm overly out of and I'm honest, probably. So, you know, well, the newsletter, the newsletter and podcasts are all linked there, and and that's, you know, sort of where I uh, expand my thoughts because Twitter is such a limited platform for really, you know, sharing your whole thought as opposed to just your hot take.
0: Absolutely. And I again, to the listeners out there, this to me is the expert's expert. Scott is who I look to uh, for my own counsel of the, hey, okay, give me the common sense here. Like, because I hear and I read a lot of things. Scott, what would you do and why would you do it? And that's what makes the Wolf of Wall Street so absolutely incredible. Scott, thank you so much for coming on the Bitcoin.com podcast.
1: Yeah, thank you. You always uh, make me feel extremely good. You're like a, It's like an ego boost for a week every time. I talk ah, well, I well like, uh, trust. You're like my, if I'm your common sense, then you're my psychiatrist. So <laughs> Is that how a you a see it? a combination. Well, <laughs>
0: I'll leave you with this. Trust and respect, they're always earned, and you've earned mine. Thanks again, Scott. Thank you, You've listened to another episode of the Bitcoin.com podcast. Subscribe at news.bitcoin.com where your journey begins.